1: this episode, we are going to be talking about the movie Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, and wanted to give a bit of a framework for what this movie is about and kind of how we approach talking about it. So the movie is about Trinity Childs, who is a first lady of this prominent uh, mega church. I believe it's Southern Baptist. And she is trying to help her pastor, husband, Lee Curtis Child, uh, rebuild and reshape their congregation after some type of huge fallout and some type of sin that was revealed uh, before the start of the, the, this filming takes place. And so what is the sin that is referenced and that kind of lays over the whole film? It is a mystery. And it's kind of foggy throughout the whole film. You kind of have to piece things together. At the very least, we can deduce that the pulpit was used to seduce. Bars. (laughs) Uh, And the implications of that are massive. And there are so many conversations that are being sparked by this film. And they are necessary. It's uncomfortable. No one wants to talk about mess, but here we are about uh, things within Black spaces, right? Just for future dialogue, future reading, I and the brothers wanted to recommend three books that you can continue the conversation with yourself. Uh, The first is the the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement toward an intersectional theology, by Edward Donaldson, the third. The next is Kelly Brown Douglas's uh, Sexuality in the Black Church, a womanist perspective, whew, that's needed. And the last is Red Lip Theology by Candace Benbow. And those books kind of will, help you get into some of the meat of the conversations that and the thoughts that are unearthed in this movie that is satire, that is somewhat parody, but hits on real life issues. So with that, let's get into it.
2: We've come so far and we have order in place and we don't want to disrupt that for the sake of one person and it's not to say it's not one person U- it ultimately there's a culture now that lies beneath the surface just beneath the surface like w- where we're talking where you re- were mentioning um scandal was trey like just like ultimately just beneath the surface like scandal is there honk for jesus honk <laughs> for jesus man
0: <laughs> the of lee curtis and trinity childs yeah exactly
1: yeah so uh, let's just jump right into it. I think uh, something that's ha- that's haunting me from the end of the, the film that I'll just kind of say here is um, Trinity was asked this question by the uh, interviewer, uh, why didn't you leave? And um, that could really have been at the front of the movie <laughs> to uh, foreshadow everything that would be to come. But I guess what do y'all what are some initial thoughts that y'all have on um, this movie? Let's get into it. <laughs>
2: uh, you know what it was interesting for me. Um, it was probably a little bit funnier than what it should have been. Um, but at the you know I, I guess it's one of those things like you laugh to keep from crying type of deal um and uh yeah it did a lot just sounded familiar um from hearing different stories from people that lived in an area where something like this took place and uh just seeing things nationally on the news um it you know what black women (laughs) are amazing um, because, um, I think I've been a part of circles, um, or, uh, denominations in you know, of black churches that work in, a, um, in that way where the pastor is almost sort of a celebrity, uh, and they get held to this, um, this, they get put, put on this pedestal. And I think a lot of times, um that the first lady man you don't know really you don't really see the other side so then to see a documentary like this to to kind of get a better understanding of what her viewpoint is um because honestly just as a man it's really tough to kind of fill in the gaps of those When and i think just to kind of plug i think it's it's important to read a womanist theological point of view um because it's just a lot that you just can't imagine as a man um that women experience and can uh, identify with. So that was interesting. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll say for me, I think what's important as we'd be in the conversation to say to your point about the woman's um, framework, uh, we can't even do justice to trying to cover um, the importance of a Black woman's perspective
0: and a
1: black woman would see this uh particular movie mockumentary how you ever you want to slice it um yeah i can't point to a resource uh candace bembo uh wrote this article for uh Re- religion news service that i'll link in the show notes um where she says the title is home for jesus provides an uncomfortable reflection of the black church um and uh she reads it down. <laughs> so I, I'll i say that and, and so yeah, there are a lot of my initial reaction to the film is there are a lot of things that you can really drill down. There is obviously uh, Trinity's perspective um, and how she um, morphs and we see more of who she is, what she's dealing with throughout the film. But for me, looking at lee curtis's character and then looking at the obvious uh undercurrents of scandal of queer siblings being in the midst of the church and the, the obvious undercurrent of that that's kind of not explicitly stated but it's there um there's yeah. just a lot going on there there's the,
2: <laughs> the abuse of of that is you know a well mm-hmm. yeah that's oh yeah sorry
1: <laughs> there's a lot going
2: on
0: yeah Uh, I came away from this movie without a whole lot of deep thoughts like I wasn't feeling particularly reflective it was first and foremost production-wise absolutely done I should say that like acting-wise the actual artistry behind it and everything regardless of what if any point you think they were trying to make it was well done but I would say the most present thing like about the movie itself was as you would kind of alluded to just now you mentioned rob the element of scandal um that was kind of an undercurrent right like it was always just beneath the service but there wasn't a whole lot of explicit talk about it until it was put right there like in the face and i think if anything that is the part that spoke the loudest like the part that was the most oh man it's time for a reality check because how often are we aware of or suspicious of something going afoot but lacking in the courage or the fortitude to address it head on to just stop dancing around it and stuff like that and um yeah I think inherently my reflex is to think about these things as a referendum or at least an invitation to reflect on the black church just because of where i sit and how it was presented but even something i mentioned to you guys earlier was like knowing a couple of things and having feet in a couple of different worlds whether through theological education or parachurch ministries and things of that nature is if you take away the black church dressings these are not issues that are isolated within the black church right like there's not a whole lot different between the scandal that occurs in the the, the black megachurch world of, of one cur- like cult leader and and the stuff that was documented in the podcast on mark driscoll and mars hill you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and with that like in mind it was just interesting how uncomfortable we are and I say we, like people who are embedded in the church, like, like I'm, I, I am a churchman, a church practitioner. That, that That's what, when I, when I say we, I want to be particular about that, but how uncomfortable so many of us are with addressing the reality of scandal in our midst and always trying to sleep that under the rug to protect the brand of the church, quote unquote, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you bring that up, you know, protecting the brand um, seeing the comparison between the scandal that's that's embedded in the black church but has cousins in white evangelical spaces uh, many people we we could name some names <laughs> in some documentaries but, but some I think paperwork <laughs> yes <laughs> but I think what um has some people riled up uh because some of the saints the big saints uh black saints are mad uh especially if you were to go throughout the facebook streets um uh, because i don't belong there I don't, yeah I, yeah I, I don't know about that lifestyle on facebook but but it is because this is airing out black business right black spaces have scandals too and there is this tension that some people have, ironically, the movie is about you know people putting on this face of redemption and healing, and we're all good, we're all gravy. And some people that are mad uh, have element of not all black spaces are like that, right? And we're not all we're not all like that. We don't have all those scandals. And I would say, um, I guess. Being honest, uh, well, of course we can't flatten the black experience to megachurches or prosperity gospel. I think we know that, and we should know that because that's not the that's not all of black spaces. But there are elements in here that are uniquely black that we do have to reckon with. And if this isn't, if none of the elements in here deal with you, then be quiet. You know, like you it's okay to be quiet, and I would say what's hard, uh, honestly, is there's this quote unquote scandalous element that if this church space was open and honest and able to deal with people as they are, I don't think there there would have been a scandal, right? Because there's this notion of um, people struggling with sin, but we don't know what that is. There's Trinity struggling in her marriage, but she can't be honest with her mom. There's um, this man who's obviously same sex uh, attracted, who can't be honest. And I think in that constricting space, you know, then we have all of these spin off uh, conversations that need to be had. That are in black spaces that we do need to have, uh, honestly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, go ahead, Sam. You got it. Oh, I was I was just gonna say, yeah, I I agree. Um, caring for people better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ultimately it, it ultimately is a source um but in like in regards to like the scandal side of what you were talking about rob i think too like i think that's just a people thing um Mm -hmm. one of the things that martin luther king wrote and it will always stick to me in his letter to birmingham he talked about how they care more for order than they cared about justice yeah and you're a preacher like we I think just almost like a human nature that we feel like, well, we've come so far and we have order in place, and we don't want to disrupt that for the sake of one person. And it's not to say it's not one person. It ultimately, there's a culture now that lies beneath the surface, just beneath the surface, like where we're talking, where you were mentioning um, scandal was Trey. Like, just, like ultimately, just beneath the surface, like scandal is there, and we think about how much scandal we know about, but nobody really does anything to fix. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that, that's it, that's an issue of just caring for people and what that actually looked like instead, instead of, yeah. Yeah. I think what's,
1: what's interesting is to what both of you are saying, how the movie opens is, was chilling for me because there's this little girl Um that's there in the church or whatever and there's this preaching scene um and this little girl and i think her name was aria and uh the pastor is asking her about um eve and he and he says to her did eve resist temptation and the little girl is giving these answers no she didn't and he's giving her basically this doctrination of of eve didn't get it Yeah, Yeah, painting the woman Mm -hmm. as being scandalous. Right. And so that opens the. It's interesting that he's doing that and he's the one that has blown his church up. Right. So mm -hmm. he's, so it's this scene where he's preaching at and indoctrinating this girl that essentially women have opened up humanity to temptation and sin. And, you know, she falls on the ground and she comes up, she's speaking in tongues and she's singing. And um, right after he gets done basically preaching the black version of the purity message um, uh, and the indoctrination, he starts <laughs> taking off his clothes and you're like, wait, um, you're yeah. like, what's happening right now? Um, and you just said essentially that women are sinful and they hear you are taking off your shirt um, and your pants and then, you know, it's, there's a baptism scene, but um that was that showed me what this movie was about to be about. Uh, go ahead, Trey. You got something,
0: yeah? You had mentioned one of the things about the in those treacherous Facebook streets and people getting defensive, like, oh, not all black churches like this. And I think that, in all honesty, one of the reasons that we're having this conversation, this was about uh, upon request, like, particularly in black church spaces, people are interested to see how we are reacting to this uh, among each other. And I think it's interesting to examine why that is, right? And what that says about our society. Because when, for instance, The Righteous Gemstones comes out, I've seen a couple people comment on it and stuff like that, but it wasn't viewed as a referendum on the white church. We don't even use the term, the white church. like, But it wasn't a ton of white people coming to defend, like, wow, white churches aren't like this at all you know and it speaks to the the fear of the term the white gaze whatever or or have you but like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: one of the ways that being a numerical minority in a multi-ethnic society one of of the things that does that is you fear that you will always be judged by what people deem as the worst of right so in uncovering this we're afraid that that's going to reflect poorly on all of us and um I, I understand the impulse I really do because it's times like the same so Any anytime there's like a major crime or like a mass shooting or whatever and you crossing your fingers uh when the mugshot comes, please don't to be one of us which is which is a wild reaction right like it's it's, it's a weird reaction but I understand it. it's, it's one of the things that like we've ingrained on ourselves to like self-police because oh, you are going to make us all look bad which is ridiculous when you think about it because people already think that right like we've had yeah black scholars of and, and practitioners of religion for for almost a century at this point, like, or over a century at this point. And it hasn't really increased our esteem or respect. So the fact of the matter is, like, people going to think, they want to think anyway, why can't we just examine this without that fear? And to your point, Rob, you said, like, one of those things where if this don't apply to you, like, keep it moving, right? Like, if it don't apply, let it fly. That's how it goes. And that's how I was watching it. Like, I I didn't feel personally offended by any of the stuff in there, because I'm like, yeah. And then, truth be told, some of the things that were being alluded to, um, I was like, yeah, no, that was, that was raggedy. Like we, 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 we we need to talk about that. And I think that the, the impulse to keep like a family business in house, which is in part, like part of that is, is is a noble thing like oh we look out for each other but also are we really looking out for each other because that's always coming at somebody's expense so who do we have yeah. to silence in order to do that is an interesting question and i think we, yeah like, we're just in the reaction to this you know
1: yeah you know I, mean? I yes who do we have to silence in order to get there and i think that's a theme that we can see throughout the whole movie it's like who sure. is being silenced So this man can be the man of God. And I think as a black man, I think the warning sign should be for all black men connected to either uniquely black spaces or even if you're in the church in general, and low key, it doesn't even matter if you're Christian, you're not saved. Um, The cost of what it takes for a Black man to uh, be the man, be in front, be in charge, there are a whole lot of people being silenced and put down. And we saw in this marriage between Lee Curtis and his wife, her being diminished, but there were a lot of other people's stories not being told because he was taking up so much space. And um, in that ego that was driving him and hurt and probably brokenness, but that ego even to the very end, you know, everything is broken and he's still like, hey, they coming for me. They're coming for me. They're, look at them. They're all coming for you. it's like, brother, are you have you been paying attention? Yeah, well, time?
2: we'll remember, yeah, at the beginning, this was sort of set up and filmed like to be like a documentary so that they could spin this scandal to their favor. Yeah. I don't and, and these things just kept occurring in, in, in the beginning. So the yeah, so like what you're saying, the ego from the get-go was like it was the the, the whole thing was about control, right? Like yeah. if I can do this, if we can do this documentary and spin it to our view and see that I'm a changed man and I'm we're gonna do this whole theatrical performance, I'm <laughs> gonna get baptized. Oh, yeah. it, was <laughs> it was a lot. Hey, it's a lot and they they held that brother under.
1: That water for oh a very Lord, long, long time. Like, I was like, saying, "My God!" <laughs> I said, hey, "Is this the, the beginning of Amen joint
0: had me down for like five minutes straight.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, Lord. the Amen versus Amen, and I think that that black male ego yeah. is something that black men have to have front and center, yeah. right? If you don't take anything else from this, um, as black men, we do have to contend with that. Maybe. Um, scandal and some of those other things aren't where you're at. That black male ego is a thing, um, and particularly it, in the black church, black. yeah, and yeah. It, it's propagated by all these other undercurrents that that you both have been bringing up. But I think it leads to—I'm not going to name the preacher—that we all know there are particular black preachers, men, and just in general. <laughs> this need for antics for I am the man of God uh, <laughs> in the pulpit. And uh, I'm thinking of a particular name, but God is gonna bless me for being quiet on the name. But but a lot of it is being driven Well, by, let
2: me warm up my vocal cords hey, I'm just me, playing.
1: Me, me, me. No, but it's being driven by this black male ego, this need to entertain, to perform, to protect the brand, to be the man out in front. And if we don't take anything from else from this, this should be a warning to us. That if you think, well, I'm pretty straight, I think you missed the <laughs> you missed the warning sign that is clear here. This is explicit and this is a raw deal. But we've been getting this critique even within our community um, for a long time that our for years. Yeah, like this
2: shouldn't years. be. New. Yeah, like I know so many people that that, had, that left the church and have been saying stuff like this for years. I mean, granted, it was usually like in the form of showing, <laughs> coming to the church picnic and cussing somebody out. But like it was, I mean, like, yo, you hurt me. I'm hurt. You know what I'm saying? And and it it showed a lack of willing to address people's issues, a lack of willingness to love people, a lack of willingness to address um, our own biases and our own um, skeletons in our own closet. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think w- one of the things that I hate that I really picked up is the the idea of doing church right, like performing, even in the, even you know in the pews, right? Everybody and to an extent,
1: oh, we got you.
2: You know, there's an a, there's a performance. You know what I'm saying? Element of do in church, whether it's the suit or the dress, you know what I'm saying, or the hat, there, there's a performance element to it. And it's easy to fall into, especially when you consider his, historically what we battle outside. You know what I'm saying? Six days a week, you know, being Black in America is tough. And having a place where you can perform and you can feel like you are somebody, you know what I'm saying? Um, It reminds me of that poem. We wear the mask. Yeah, you
0: know. Yeah, I think that was like one of the most artistic part points. Um, sorry, the most artistic parts of that movie to me. When you speak of like we wear the mask, is towards the conclusion, and I'm not going to issue too many spoilers.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that 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 one scene, you know, the scene where at the same time that she's donning what whatever the attire is for the mom ministry the mask comes off and she finally feels uh free to speak. Um that was powerful in that like <laughs> first of all it was it was kind of comical for the <laughs> people uh the, the the mom ministry is one of the most polarizing things in the black church universal cuz either you all the way there I a like a good mind.
1: That's just me, I'm gonna say it. I like yeah, I a good mime. It. Now behold know, the lamb goes I'm up. Cry. I'm
0: gonna cry.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm <laughs> a, I'm gonna tell you hey, one thing, I'm gonna I know
0: people who will cry for a different reason, man, cuz like man, Stop. imagine you scared of clowns and the mom ministry get popping. like, "Nah, keep going that's, on your that's point." A different battle. <laughs> y'all no, y'all don't y'all not derail me. I don't I done lost it. I don't no. Nah. But <laughs> my point that even in that like at that point after being pushed to that because it wasn't something that was entered into willingly in that but having been forced to wear the mask for so long into that point that literally is when like no that this comes off and i think that that is a flashpoint in culture where we are now and not even just in the black church but in the church in general where people are afraid of what they deem as the trend of deconstruction or the leaving loud and people just just leaving the church and whether they're leaving the institutional church or leaving the faith in general people are uh in the church world are afraid of what that looks like the growing number of nuns they call it in the sociological sense uh not nuns as in catholic practitioners but nuns and people who do not have a religious uh, affiliation officially anymore um but After a while, if you force people to wear a a mask for that long, to put on the performance for that long, to deny their authenticity in order to feel as though they belong, that's when things start to fall apart. Um, And I think that's something that we all need to take note of, because at the end of the day, if you boosting up that ego requires so many other people to wear that mask. If, and, and the black male ego in particular because there's a lot of black men in church leadership and not a whole lot of black men in the pews. and how did this come to be? How, who, who is having to wear these masks for, for and, and how long is that sustainable? How long is that a uh, reasonable expectation? Yeah. you know
1: You saying Are we it preaching? Because, <laughs> yeah, you preaching because I think of how that mask was slipping metaphorically throughout the whole film right it starts off everyone's happy they're like hey we started this started our church back up things are going great and then throughout the film uh it went from hey huh?" f you blah, blah, blah. i'm like whoa <laughs> and she like and, and i think what was sad was we see this breakdown as the metaphorical and the physical mask was was coming off right where um for both of them right at, at one point trinity has this um, moment when she's on the street uh, and she's cussing this person out and she's have like, you bless you and there was this dissonance it seemed within her of how to keep her spiritual spirituality cloaked around her how to keep this mask present how to be this good person and she said even towards the end she said I did everything right and that was chilling to me right because here was where spirituality, where being a good person, didn't result in in goodness. And I think one of the critiques of the Black experience has been, do we have answers that are fully embodied enough to answer people where they're at? And why didn't I leave? Like she said, um, you're not gonna get real answers asking that question. And I thought that was just so interesting. Here, her whole masks were coming off. And you know, so yeah, we're talking about the mind part, but I think about the very end of <laughs> where uh that that thing was coming to a halt. <laughs> yeah.
2: Man. Yeah, I um that part was powerful. It was. Um, that was powerful but you i mean and yeah i like you said rob you can see um throughout the movie like how it was peeling out um or how it was peeling down because she had these moments where she was breaking but i noticed also there were moments where he was starting to get more comfortable being himself around her
1: yeah
2: um which led to the scene in the car where you know we knocking and bucking, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but I thought that was interesting because I wonder, or I, I mean, I, I think about in my own re- own relationship um, with with Kwani, right? Like I I hope she doesn't feel she does she has to wear a mask, right? Like I I, man, <laughs> I ask from time to time, you know, we have you know those conversations, but um, I I never want there to be a point where i feel like i'm being myself but her mask is still there right i never want to lose sight of of those that are around me i never want to lose sight of those in my community um in in my own whole in seeking for wholeness um and those things for myself and being comfortable within myself i never want to lose sight of those that are in close proximity around me um and that movie kind of helped um Show me that, right? That of what that looks like and what that does to the people around you in your own community.
1: Yeah, yeah. I i, I think I want to leave us with um, one quote uh, that kind of encompassed the whole thing for me. Um, Lee Curtis said, Take it from me. I am the prophet with a beautiful wife and a gorgeous Bugatti. And uh, when I think about the aim of the movie and seeing him live out that reality and him not finding liberation for himself and what it cost everyone around him, um, being wedded to that idea. There couldn't be liberation for Trinity. There couldn't be liberation for this church. And the movie, yes, it was funny. For me, it was more chilling. there was a lot of warning signs uh for black men in black spaces in there, but um don't watch it unless you are ready to get to the real tea, though, too. So because um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's action in there, it's sexual action. Um but uh, I think it was good um overall.
0: Yeah, yeah man. I ain't had no grace. <laughs> <laughs> talked about a new segment we are gonna talk about uh what's on the front burner some some things um that that uh we are excited about personally as as individuals and bringing that and sharing that with y'all
2: what is going on y'all this is your boy sam and we are back for another edition of on the front burner and today on the front burner it's football season y'all <laughs> that's what i got on the front burner it's football season i am so excited uh for football season um i am an avid tampa bay buccaneer fan and the florida state seminole fan um both of them are actually uh, undefeated right now so shouts out i know trey gonna listen to this and be a hater because he's a whatever fan anywho <laughs> Anywho, I'm very excited um, for me. Uh, football fan, the football season is also very um, nostalgic for me because I have, um, you know, I was raised to be, I was raised as a Florida State Seminole fan, right? Like I have uncles and aunts that went to Florida State. Uh, my sister went to Florida State. Um, we used to gather as family and watch Florida State play. So uh, my, my aunt was actually uh, classmates with um, Deion Sanders uh, when he went to class. <laughs> <laughs> um years ago so that yeah we go way back as far as State fans um and also my grandfather my maternal grandfather took me to my first um football games first baseball games so um football season is always very nostalgic um I like going to training camps when I can but haven't been able to go to the last in the last couple years just because of COVID but uh, I'm excited and so yeah y'all are into football man hit me up man on twitter let me know i like football let's talk about sports cuz all right y'all get ready for the episode three black men
0: patreon which i want to encourage each and every one of y'all to to visit at patreon.com slash three black men uh think through it pray through it ask god uh, um, if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and i want to encourage you guys um to visit that patreon patreon.com three black men
2: go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them, <laughs> them, them babies ain't want
0: nothing man As a matter of fact there's more people gonna sign up to, to see them babies how about that
1: bro <laughs>